Welcome in, everybody, to the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are the following day to preview our next opponent, Alcorn State. I'm your host, Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Know what's going on. We're right back at it. Here to preview the Braves. Yeah, here to preview the Braves. Uh, a chance to get back back at home in front of our home crowd um, after a uh, filling our bellies up from a good Thanksgiving meal, I'm sure. We'll have a good Thanksgiving meal from the team's standpoint. Probably they'll do something as a team. And, uh, yeah, get right back into it and uh, get a victory Friday night. Exactly. We need to get back on the winning ways against a team who hasn't won yet. And yeah, you mentioned Thanksgiving. We know what football is doing, and they have a playoff game to prepare for. And basketball, we, we were expecting Brian to have a press conference today. We were going to do this maybe last night, perhaps. Posted later, but we figured we'd give it a day, knowing Brian would maybe have a presser, and he didn't. Maybe we know, obviously, like his words about uh, the tournament and Thanksgiving plans, and then a little bit on Alcorn State. We haven't got that, whether we will or not, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, ready to get back on the winning track, because honestly, there's something we've been wanting to know uh, this whole time of reason why Ben Harvey uh, did not play in this tournament, and we know we saw him play what one minute against. Uh, Austin P and barely played in that game, so we had a feeling, and we said on the last one that we heard, we were told that it was an issue uh, with the surgery he had prior, Noah, so let's jump into the fact that Ben did speak with Coach Rodney Watson today to give us an update on his status because he's been missing time, and he went in detail about uh, the fact that it is his spleen that's bothering him again. It's enlarged once again. That's what he said happened to him the first time and the reason why he had surgery, but they didn't even, he said they didn't even touch it up that much. He said he went back home to talk with his surgeons and doctors and all they did was take some <clears throat> blood out of it. And, uh, uh, and then they went from there. They didn't really do anything. So now here we are. He said he was feeling decent after he came back for workouts, he said, and then uh, it happened. And, and then all of a sudden he was fine, obviously to the season. He, he'd been playing up to the point, even the little rock game, he was fine. And Austin P he wasn't, and now, no, he says again that it's enlarged again, so he didn't give a timetable, and we haven't heard anything, obviously. I haven't heard Brian speak of when we will, when he will come back, so it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. He's a key cog to that bench role. We use him off the bench. He gives us a spark plug in scoring and uh, does a decent job re rebounding as well and making plays for other guys. But, yeah, it's very disappointing. Um, I did some – I just looked into what – what causes it or what happens. And he said he had mono and I thought that was, uh, that could cause it as well. And, uh, yeah, it, it just sucks. Uh, it said something, it said most people don't even know. They just, um, it's very rare symptoms they say. So, uh, people usually, they say people usually find out about it during a physical exam or something. Um, feeling up, feeling discomfort, fullness or pain on the upper left side of the abdomen. So I'm sure he, once he, got into basketball, he, after having mono and stuff, that really um, caused it happening. And, um, yeah, just it's a real shame because we really need him. Um, it shortens our bench really much. And uh, scoring, we could really use. Yeah, I think we he definitely could have played a factor this weekend in a lot of different ways when we were struggling on offense and he could have came in. We know he can guard big. We've been talking about all the things he can do. Yeah, you mentioned Mono. I forgot to mention that, but he did have that. So he's been dealing with a lot, and the fact that we just wondered why they didn't take care of his spleen and the enlargement the first time to where 
there was even potential for it to bother him again. He said, yeah, he didn't feel that pain the first time. And I guess it's just been harping on him again. So, and even uh, Ronnie asked him about even his future, obviously, and his degree. And obviously in terms of kind of along the same lines in general, I know it's kind of a different, you know, thing that Bryson Strong, who we know is retiring from football now that had, I guess, obviously with his hand and his, and his, whatever else it was shoulder that, it was, uh, you know, that he had to call it quits, and that's something that was due to football. With Brent Ben's case, obviously, it, it's nothing with basketball. It's just something that just has happened naturally to him. So it's one of those things, you know, I think he'll be testing his options. We're not sure. He acted like, you know, it's been hurting him that he hasn't been playing and hating that he hasn't been here with his teammates to play and stuff. So I, I wouldn't rule out him calling it quits on basketball at all. Just something he's got to take care of, whether we see him the rest of the season or not. It'll be a way to see, and we don't know a status on Trent Brown either. So our bench continues to be thin, but obviously if we rolled with and played pretty well in the tournament with the guys that we had, that hopefully, you know, that means that we'll, we, we will be okay until at least Trent gets back. And we wish Ben nothing but the best, and hopefully that he will uh, be back as quick as he possibly can. But like we said, he, he couldn't give a timetable, so we're not really sure. So. Yeah, looking more into it to just give some some of us what is actually happening. Um, he said it's his spleen is five to six inches bigger than it usually is, and it says the spleen is normally about the size of your fist. So, um, his five to six more inches bigger than your fist is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty bad. But it's huge. It, yeah, it's uh, it says an enlarged spleen is not always a sign of a problem. It uh, most most of the times it becomes overactive from like uh, removing and destroying blood cells caused like from infection. So I say the mono really, I don't think he's ever recouped probably from that, from that infection from the mono. So that's probably the biggest problem and him going right back into basketball, even though he took some time off, he said he's really not really ever recovered. It sounds like. Yeah. And after surgery, it honestly took maybe a month or two. We know we, <clears throat> we heard the news and saw it around the, uh, open house which was in late july and he had it around then and then obviously he worked his way back so maybe yeah he came back a little too soon in general it's all a crappy situation i'm sure it bothers him in general yeah the mono probably had something to do with it so he's been dealing with a lot like we said we need him on the court but we know we'll be ready and can hold it down until until or if he comes back this season so looking forward to it ben we wish you well in your recovery uh no, on this pod, we weren't going to have a whole lot of topics, but since we didn't on the uh, uh, recap of the Paradise Jam, but now we're here to talk about, and there was a big one today, uh, some of the Valley teams and what they've been doing in the last week. Yeah, we have not been over that, and uh, a lot of teams are in their MTEs just like we were, but most of them, some of them just kicked off today. Um Getting into those games, uh, we can just start with Drake. I'll just go down the standings here. What they've done this year so far, um, they are 3-0. They've only played three games. Um, they started out with a win over Coe College, a non-D1 game, then beat South Dakota at home by 49. Then they beat a really good Richmond team out of the A-10 by three at home. And they kick off in a uh, a really good tournament down at the uh, ESPN at World of ESPN World at Disney against Belmont, so uh, they'll get a good look when we know Belmont. Belmont's played almost half the valley so far. Yeah, they are in Belt, and so uh, that's a key tournament. We know they are supposed to be. They were picked to win it, so it's a 
they have a, they have a chance to play some really good teams in that tournament if they can get past Belmont. For sure, yeah. We mentioned who all has played Belmont. Evansville. Uh, I'm sure there's others. Let me look real fast. Because I feel like that's the third team we've said that Belmont's played. We were going to get into Belmont. I guess it's only uh, Evansville only has, and then I guess Drake has. So all these guys are getting chances. I don't think in December they play anybody. No, they don't. But we want to mention Belmont. They just lost by 30 on Monday to LSU, which is shocking. We know the players LSU has and that they're missing. Shocker that Belmont, I guess this was on a neutral quarter at LSU, they just got smoked. 30 is kind of surprising. So, yeah, I think Drake, I wonder who would be favored in that game. I think Drake's got a really good chance, obviously. Moving on. Yeah, moving on, uh, we're going to get into uh, – uh, they had a really good game today. Uh, Loyola uh, lost their first game today to Michigan State and a uh, – in the last seconds of the game, um, Loyola started out really poorly but took a lead up five and a half. And uh, it was a really back-and-forth game to Michigan State. We know Michigan State's not the powerhouse they usually are, but they still have a really good basketball team. So it's looking forward to um, – they're down in the uh, – what are they, in the Bahamas? Not the Bahamas. Atlantis. Yeah, Atlanta, Battle for Atlantis. That's who they get. And uh, they are – Last time I checked, they are waiting on the winner of UConn or the loser of UConn and uh, Auburn, which uh, UConn, I think UConn won. Yeah, they won in double OT, so they get to take advantage tomorrow of a tired, maybe a tired, a little bit tired Auburn team coming off a double T loss to UConn. So I'm sure we will bounce. They will bounce back tomorrow, and they along the way they played. Uh, FGCU, Chicago State, Illinois, Chicago, they've taken town. I guess they're playing all the Chicago schools and taking them down. So uh, they run that town, they say. So uh, getting on to Missouri State, 3-2, um, and two, um, lost on a buzzer beater last night to ETSU. We know they lost the first game of the year to SEMO by five, really high-scoring game. They beat um, Long Beach State, Sam Houston, and Alabama State, and they play um, – George Washington tonight at 4.30, about to kick off. Yeah, we were going to say, because they we didn't know about Missouri State's second loss until you said they just lost to, uh, who did you say, sir? ETSU. ETSU, which we know has David Sloan from John A. and a couple of John A. guys, actually. They're a quality team. We know even Devontavious Payne straight out of Carbondale. We wish SIU would have been in on him, especially out of John A. Uh, so they've had good players, and they just beat them by, yeah, that low score or that uh, thin win. So uh, Missouri State has is looking in terms of their stars. They are doing just fine. I'd say yeah. Mosley's averaging 22. Prem's averaging 19 and 11. Manette's averaging 13. And Donovan Clay, the new guy, averaging 10. So <clears throat> they will be. <clears throat> we're talking about four-headed dragon for running back and for football. This is like a four-headed dragon for them in terms of scoring. They will be. Seems like impossible. We're gonna have to. And we know we're a good defensive team. I can't wait for that matchup. Yeah, getting into the next team, uh, the new coach, uh, Josh Schertz and Indiana State, um, they are 3-3. Three and three. They just kicked off. They just finished their um, MTE where uh, they took down. They dominated the first game against Old Dominion. They got to play Porter Moser. Oklahoma's really good. Then they played uh, New Mexico State and lost to them, and they lost early in the year at Purdue by a big margin. And they won at Green Bay to start the year. Um, 
what I've seen of them, they've struggled a little bit so far. Losing Tyree Key, that's a big problem, but they got some really solid players that I've been really impressed with, like Cam Henry and um, Julian Larry's been really good. And they have Cooper Nice, and they have some couple other really good players. So they'll be fun to watch, uh, especially at the pace they play. And uh, they like to get up and down the floor, and that's not usually what the Valley likes to do. You're right. They do have that style of play, and we appreciate them for going and playing Purdue and then being in this tournament and playing, yeah, Oklahoma, playing good teams. We give them credit. And, yeah, they have played well without Tyreek. And even uh, we think about because we saw uh, uh, Travion Williams or Trey Williams. What is that? What's his name? Yeah, Trey Williams. Trey Williams because Travion's with Purdue, so there's a lot of whatever Williams. Saw him with Duquesne this past weekend watching. He played pretty well, I think. But just thinking of what the team they could be if even the guys bought into Sturts, even like uh, Laravia leaving, like they could have been a powerhouse. They could have been really, really good with adding these players. So it's unfortunate, but yeah, give them credit for putting up fights against these uh, high-powered teams. Yeah, get into a, a team where everybody wants their coach gone at Illinois State. Um, everybody wants Dan Mueller gone. I see Illinois State fans every day on Twitter. Um, really, really talking about it every day. And uh, they're two and three so far. They're in the middle of their MTE. Um, early in the year, they beat UNC Williamton. Then they lost. Um, they blew a 12-point lead at Eastern Michigan, lost in double o- overtime, lost to Murray State. They beat Bucknell, by f- a bad Bucknell team, by five in OT. And their e- MTE last night, uh, they battled with a good SLU team. We know SLU lost their best player for the year, but they battle with SLU, and they get a really good chance to play a good Buffalo team tonight. I've been really – Antonio Reeves is a really good player. He's an all-conference player. And uh, they got some other guys that I've been really impressed with so far looking – watching in them side chat. Man, Mark Freeman's been really good for them. All of them are averaging over 16 points a game. Yeah, I think we've talked about them being able to maybe surprise some Valley teams this year. With athleticism, and yeah, I mean, by the looks of it, they played a lot of close games, which says a lot. Even the slew, they lost by six. Bucknell, they won by five. Murray, Murray's their biggest defeat of 12, but then they lost by five, yeah, and then won by five. So they play close games, so we'll see if that goes all the way to the end of the season. Uh, then getting into Todd Licklider and the Evansville Purple Aces, who we play um, coming up as, what is it, next Wednesday? Wednesday the first. First, is, yeah. when, when, next Wednesday. Um, they're two and six. They finished their, they're, they're in the middle of their MTE, I guess. Um, or they just finished it, I believe. Uh, first of the year they lost at Cincinnati, who we've turned out that Cincinnati's a pretty good ball plug under first year head coach, Wes Miller. Um, they beat IUPUI. Um, they got blown out at Belmont. Um, they beat a non D one school. Then they lost at home against UCF. Then MTE, um, triple O and, Tough way they have a, they have some injuries, but tough way to start an MTE when you lose um, to Rice and triple overtime, and you have to play the next day at 10 a.m. And they ended up playing Vermont, who beat you and I, a really good ball club in Vermont, by uh, nine. Then today they lost uh, by nine to Akron, so uh, it's been a rough stretch for the Aces, but they've had some solid players. Um, Jawan Newton's played well. Shamar Givens, Evan Kuhlman's been solid. And uh, Blaze uh, Bochamp has really surprised me, and Antoine Smith Jr. has been really shooting the ball well from three. Yeah, they're a team also that could surprise teams, and I think they'll finish at the lower part of the Valley, obviously. But another team that will fight in their next game, they get Marty Huggins 
uh, Huggins? Marty Simmons. Uh, Simmons. Who's Marty Huggins? Is that from the, the campaign? Uh, the yeah. Campaign with yeah. Zach Galifianakis, that's hilarious. But yeah, they get him, uh, which obviously him coming back and coaching Eastern now, he'll get the face of both teams. So that'll be cool. Yeah, they're getting into a bit of a surprise. Um, everybody thought this is the, this is one of the top teams to finish in the Valley, which they still can, but they're off to a rough rough patch here. Um, they played a really good schedule, though. I wonder who scheduled all these games for them. Um, this is a they have a team that if they won some of these games, they could build their resume. But you and I um, lost at home against Nichols. We talked about then they lost to Vermont at home. Vermont didn't have their best player. We know Bowen Bourne's been getting back. Um, they beat a non D one school for their first win, their only win of the year. Then they went to Arkansas, played decent enough. Um, AJ Green's still struggling a little bit, lost by 13. And this Saturday they get they go on the road at St. Bonaventure. That might be a MTE, not sure. I doubt it though. On the ESPN app, it doesn't say it is. Yeah, so that is a trip to St. Bonaventure out there. That's a tough one. So interesting to see what they do. That's a one and four start before they play at Bradley, the first game of conference in that one game in December. Yeah, and we've talked because we just saw Colorado State talking about some of the best mid-majors in the country. We'd say Loyola's right up there with Colorado State and St. Bonaventure might be the top one right now. Yeah, 5-0. and Don't think they'll win that one, but they've played the teams like Arkansas and even these other games. They've played semi-close games, so they're staying. They're keeping in it. You mentioned Bowen Bornback. Yeah, in only two games, he's averaging 5.5 points. Getting his just back. We know Trey Burrow was named Player of the Week. Uh, recently, and you met, yeah, you said AJ Green, def, AJ Green definitely struggling. He's shooting 27.5% from the field and 67 from the free throw line. So overall, and 29 from three. Overall, he's struggling, without a doubt, to uh, to get going. So he'll get, I'm sure he'll get going, and they'll be a tough team out of there. Absolutely. Uh, another team that's struggling. We know Kobe King is suspended or whatever for the first so many games. Um, one and four Valpo team. Um, they are in their MTE as well. Lost last night to Coastal Carolina. Uh, they get Tulane tonight, though, but should tip off right now at 4.30. Um, they went to Stanford. I know uh, their coach played at Stanford, and they've lost they lost to UIC in overtime and lost to Alito. Um, Thomas Kithier, he's a problem. I know. Then Ben Crook, he's, he's getting healthy. KV on Taylor, Sheldon Edwards, and Trevor Anderson, they have a really good – um, solid program, and once they added, once they add Kobe King, and they get their team flowing and get in that rotation, they could be, they could cause some problems, but finishing maybe the middle half of the valley. Yeah, I'd say so too. You're right on Kithier. He's in the running along with uh, Ryan Schweiger of Loyola for newcomer of the year. Uh, so yeah, he'll be a problem. You mentioned Cricky, yeah, only in his second game, but he's averaging 18 and a half in those. So he will be, yeah, they will, they will be in the middle. Then the team that's one and five at the bottom of the valley so far in non-con, who we thought might be, uh, we know they've had some injuries so far this year, guys banged up, who we thought might be a surprise in the valley that could maybe sneak up on some some teams, but uh, they've struggled so far. It's Bradley. Um, they're in the same MTE as us, but going in that MTE, their only their only win on the season is against Missouri U, Missouri S um, Then they lost at home against Howard which is not good. We usually play Howard or somebody like that. Then they lost on the road and got blown out at South Dakota State. 
But in the MTE, we mentioned uh, they played close games, um, lost by six to Colorado State, lost by three to Brown, lost by eight to Duquesne. Then this Saturday they get Maine. So uh, if they don't beat Maine at home going into Wednesday night playing their first Valley game against Northern Iowa, then it's not good. Yeah, and I'd say teams getting comfortable from the Paradise Gym. Colorado State let them fight with them, I think. Then they got, you know, going, and Roddy just dominated, and they dominate everybody. But, yeah, playing close games, I think that means that they're getting their groove a little bit, even though they're losing. I think, yeah, they'll get on the right track against Paradise. Yeah, uh, another guy in that running the mention and new coming to year, Terry Roberts. He is oh, yeah. a walking bucket. He Once he gets hot, he's hot, so watch out. Yeah, we mentioned Malevi Leons could be in that went to Juco. He's averaging 10. So, I mean, yeah, they have a couple options. I think they'll be all right. Looking at their roster, they know we just got – to Vine and back, Tara Vine and back, and then they got Cam Boya. I think I think they'll end up being all right too. A lot of these Valley teams, I think, will be all right by conference. So we'll see. So that's that. Yeah, around the Valley update. Some surprises, some now. I know Loyola almost beat Michigan State today, which would have been great. We know that they are still the team to beat. So we'll keep updated throughout everything, and obviously around the time we said, like you said, we play Evansville. That's on that Wednesday, December 1st, and then obviously every Valley team plays, so we'll give a preview on that at some point uh, coming up. And then uh, now, Noah, let's talk about, because we wanted to do this since we are 2-3, and three, that means we are five games into the season. Let's talk about where we are stats-wise through five games. Yeah, we'll just go down and, and talk about each one of what we've seen from some players. Um, starting with Lance Jones, he's playing 32 minutes a game. Shooting 48% from the field, which is really good. Struggling from three so far, 23%, 8 of 34 from three. Um, 86% from the line, that's really good. Um, averaging about four, he's our leading rebounder, or one of our leading rebounders at 4.6 a game, and he's averaging 18.4 a game. Yeah, and that's I feel like that's what Lance has to do. Obviously, he's got to score. He's not, yeah, his assist to turnover ratio, he's not passing the ball a lot. That's where we would love Dalton, but we saw Dalton that last game. He's better when he's coming off the bench potentially, so Lance has to be better distributing, but obviously he's such a good scorer that maybe that's not the case. But, yeah, other than that, he needs to get his threes up. We know, and they said it a million times during the tournament, he led the Valley in shooting percentage from three, so hopefully that goes. He's at, yeah, two steals a game. Uh, he'll be just fine. Now. He's shooting around 50%, which is good. So he's shooting really well from two, getting to the rim and all that stuff. So Lance is doing just fine. Yeah, that assist, he has seven seven assists of those 20 turnovers so far. So um, we expect him to turn it over maybe five times a game, running running the show as much as he has the ball in his hands. So uh, getting to the next guy, Marcus Damask, um, leading the team in minutes, not surprised, 36.8 minutes a game. That's 184 total minutes already. Next closest is Steven at 168. Um also struggling shooting. Well, he's not really struggling. Thirty-seven from the from the field, but from three, he's at thirty-four, eight of twenty-three. Um, struggling from the line, which is really surprising. I know he hasn't. He's only shot twenty-two, but sixty-eight percent from the line, fifteen to twenty-two. Um, Three-point-eight rebounding. We thought we he'd take that next step in rebounding. Has not shown a lot of that, but he has more assists than turnovers so far. That's really good, averaging thirteen points a game. Yeah, I'd say in that tournament, the last couple couple games of that, he turned it over a lot more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, seeing him 13, he needs to get that up a little bit. I'm sure he knows that. 
but I mean, 13-4-4, four and four, we mentioned how he could be a distributor this year and rebound a whole lot. Having 4-4 four and four so far through five games isn't terrible. I'm sure he'll get that up as well. Yeah, you mentioned the percentage in free throws is what is eye-opening the most. Yeah, he's arguably, since he's been here, been the best free throw shooter on the team. He's got to improve that, there's no doubt. Uh, but yeah, minutes-wise, that'll continue, that'll, that will remain. We've been talking about how surprised we kind of are. Only for the fact that he's coming off his injury and definitely a foot injury that uh, definitely maybe wouldn't be playing this much. But like I said, the best players have to play, you know, most of the game if you want to win. So, yeah, getting into Steven Verplankton, averaging 33 minutes a game, shooting 57 from the field, 54 from three, which is really good. He's only shot two free throws, two of two, uh, 2.6 rebounds a game, averaging 10.4. Uh, we know what he, we know the energy he exerts on the defensive side of the ball, and he's been really big help so far with the without without having guys like Ben and Trent off the bench with that scoring. So he's been really, really, he's been the most impressive to me so far. I agree. He's been just steady. What we've been saying since the beginning, before the season started, that he would be this steady. And even Brian said that's what he's been. Uh, yeah, I remember when he came here that he was deemed almost like a point guard, and he's evolved. Even with Ben obviously not playing, he's got to be that scorer, being the third leading scorer, only averaging one assist a game. So he's been that shooter, and I'm I'm sure we're not going to tell him to quit shooting at all for the fact that he's shooting 58 from the field, yeah, and 55 from three. So he's to keep doing what he's doing and play defense. Obviously, he's one of, and honestly, to this point, maybe the most valuable player overall. I wonder what the plus minus for him has been this year. Obviously, Lance has, I think, the most valuable, but Steven just steady, steady as heck. He'll continue. Yeah, getting into Cash Coupet, 27 minutes a game, shooting 46 from the field, 33 from three, uh, 5 of 15 from three, um, 57% from the line, not good. He's only shot seven, though. Room to improve there. Four point, he's our leading rebounder at 4.8 rebounds a game, and he's averaging 7.8 points a game. So, uh, He's been he's coming on he's coming along as more games he plays he's getting more comfortable in this team. Yeah, and he's starting to look to score a whole lot, which we didn't see at the very beginning. And I think it was one of those comfortable things that off the tip against Creighton when he got it and scored immediately. I think that's kind of a comfortable thing that he's getting into. Yeah, and he's sh- shooting a lot of threes, uh, fifteen or five of fifteen from the for the season for cash. He'll continue to shoot. Uh, but other than that, he's rebounding. He's the leading rebounder on the team by one over Lance, but per game, he's the leader. Uh, yeah, and, and he's really not turning the ball over, so Cash is another steady one that we'll count on for sure to keep doing what he's doing. Yep, now let's get into the big mans in the middle. Kyler Filowich, 18.2 minutes a game. Um, 50% from the field, really good. Um, he's shooting... Uh, 50% from the line as well. So, uh, hey, if he shoots 50 from the line, that's fine by me. Five of 10 so far. Um, he's only averaging 5.4 points a game. Um, would like to see that a little higher and only 3.2 rebounds. That's, uh, to me, it looks like uh, our big guys are just boxing out and our guards are going to get the rebounds. That's what it seems like. Yeah, and Cash, I think, he's earned a lot of rebounds, but he's been the beneficiary of a lot of long rebounds just coming to him. I think, yeah, Kyler definitely – I mean, he's going to score and five is a little whatever, even though we know you take the Little Rock game out because he barely played in that game due to fouls. Didn't really have a chance. Uh, Yeah, I think his points and rebounds will go up, shooting 50% from the field. He's going to be shooting free throws, and he he was clutch with him this weekend. So if he keeps shooting them, 
We want him to. We want all these guys to continue doing what they're doing because honestly, it almost paid off this weekend. And we're not going to tell these guys to change. Obviously, they wouldn't listen to us. We're just saying in general that they're all doing key things to what they're doing. So Kyler, we said he needs to improve his defense. Other than that, just keep doing you on offense. Uh, JD Mula, um, fifteen point five minutes a game, sixty percent from the field, sixty seven percent from the line. Only shot three though. Um, four rebounds a game and averaged four points, so four and four from him. Um, he's had a little bit of a fouling issue. Him and Lance both made the team with 14 fouls so far this year. Um, yeah, he's he's been really good. He's coming along as well, so uh, I'd like to see him in the starting line out from here on out. Um, he's been a really good plus for this team. Yeah, you mentioned the starting lineup. I agree he should at some point because, obviously, like I said, that Creighton game where everyone, you know, played well because of that change, and I hope that remains. Even if you don't do it against Alcorn State, uh, you know, that's okay. Moving forward against better teams, maybe you would like to do that, throw your best out there. Uh, yeah, J.D. has been really steady. He's been, you know, surprising athletic offensively in terms of his finishing. He's been really good because, obviously, we knew he was mainly a – defensive guy whenever we got him from Indian Hills. So, uh, I mean, he's been he's been great. And making the free throws, even though he's shooting little, he's not turning the ball over, he is rebounding. He's doing everything we want him to do. And, yeah, I hope he continues to start. Um, then Anthony, um, only getting eight minutes a game, only taking six, odd, six shots. Um, has not made a three, only shot two, though. Hasn't shot a free throw. Only two rebounds, and he's only averaging 1.5 points a game. So two points a game and two rebounds. He's not got a lot of opportunities. We know he missed the game with the ankle. We, he may be still battling it, but I'd like to see him get some more opportunities. Yeah, I know. And we talked about how well Kyler and J.D. played at the end of the tournament that, you know, obviously you can't – because they're not going to play. We talked about how many times we want Anthony to play with one of these guys because him and Kyler did play so well last year. They're not going to play J.D. and Kyler at the same time being post guys. <clears throat> and even we saw some high-low even – at the end of the thing, we know they were good at that as well. Yeah, Anthony, I think it's just how the game plays out. Maybe he's dealing with something. I think it's just he's just third fiddle. I think we all just got to accept that, even though we thought he was going to play a big role. He will play a big role. Comes in when the other guys are in foul trouble. He will continue to play a big role in his last year here. So uh, he's going to have to be, obviously. He's one of the only three bench players we got. So Yeah, then uh, the last uh, main guy minus Ben Harvey, uh, Troy's little minutes he's got, but Dalton Banks, we know he's 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 he came on towards the end of the tournament. We know he's still struggling. Twenty one minutes a game, shooting seventeen percent from the field, eleven from three, seventy five from the line though, one point eight rebounds and only two point six points. Um, we know he's come along. We know he struggled a little bit from the get go, but we're confident in him and maybe the he looked more comfortable off the bench the other night. Agreed, and I think that. Uh... Maybe Dalton's, you know, he's going to have opportunities to score, and he can score. We saw that last year even. He's kind of forced it a little bit this year. If he doesn't force it, like, but if we can rely on him for ball handling and playing defense, that's pretty valuable in and of itself. So he obviously has to be a key factor. Yeah, shooting, not great. Just quit forcing and just keep doing what you're doing, obviously. He's got a assist to turnover ratio is good, and he's making his free throw. So he needs to just continue to be steady. He's Him and Steven, we said before the year, are like the two steady guys. Yeah, then some just some quick team stats before we break down the Braves. Um, we're averaging 63.4 points a game, 
and only we're allowing 62, so we're plus one on the scoring margin. Um, shooting 45%, we're allowing other teams to shoot 46%. Threes, we're struggling from three at 32%, but we're defensively, we know we struggle with that. We've seen teams like Evansville get hot, and we just let them light us up. They're, we're allowing only 25% shooting from three, which we know we've played some a lot of teams that don't shoot a lot of three balls well, but we, I thought we did a really good job in the tournament against that. Yeah, I agree, and I just think about uh, other teams that are take pride in guarding well from three, and I can see us being that. You know, we're good closeouts. We got good uh, on-ball defense, so I can see that continuing. So, yeah, other than that, uh, we need to get our blocks up, I think, per game in terms of obviously being more active, uh, not fouling, and then steals um, are, <clears throat> are fine around where they are. So, yeah, shooting 45% as a team isn't bad. And I think that's where we'll stand all season around points per game. Actually, I say that, but I, we haven't shot the, the ball from three like we've been talking about. So once that gets going, I think we'll be around 70 points-ish per game this season. Yeah, we're averaging it says three point or seven three-pointers made per game. That's a pretty good rate. But we haven't shot it as well. So if we get that up around maybe nine or ten a game, that'd be really nice. Uh, what I'd like to see improve, we're only shooting 71% as a team. From the line, um, that's not very good. Um, then rebounding, we are at 31 a game, allowing 29, so we're plus two on the board so far this year. Yeah, and you mentioned the free throws. Uh, Kyler being five for 10 obviously hurts that. We talk, talk about cash hasn't been great. Everyone else has been steady, even the Marcus, too. So I guess, actually, a lot of people have been dragging us down there a little bit. We know Lance has been doing that. Yeah, and the rebounding, I think, is the – read that stat again. Uh, we are at 32 a game and allowing 29, So, or no, 31 a game and allowing 29, so we're plus two on the boards. Exactly, and I think that's the biggest some, thing of all. Against some, big team, against some bigger teams, too. Exactly, and we were you know, worried as heck about Colorado and us getting our rebounded there and even Kalkbrenner. That last game, I mean, it, that's interesting, yeah. That's something that I'm sure Brian is you know, really, really glad about. Rebounding's the biggest thing. We talk about if you don't defensive rebound, you will lose, so... Uh, yeah, we've done well in that regard. I think there's obviously that's more positives we took from this weekend and to carry over. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things. And just obviously just getting more whatever on offense, getting Marcus more consistent, shooting better, shooting better from the free throw. And I think other than that, we're doing pretty well. So now let's preview these 0-4 Braves. Yeah, it's it's the – well, they've played a really good schedule. Coached by Landon Bussey, um, they have played a really strong schedule, if I can get it up here. Um, they just played Gonzaga last week. Yeah, they played Gonzaga last week. Um, they played – who else? They played – started the year at Washington State. Um, they lost to Washington State. Then they went on the road. They play all road games. That's what a lot of HBCUs do. They go get paid. And they make their team stronger by playing these good teams. Um, they lost at Seattle by three, lost by four at Portland got destroyed by Gonzaga. So they get us, and they go at Milwaukee, at Tulane, at Houston, at Wichita, at Tulsa, at Baylor, at Oklahoma, at Minnesota, before they get in the conference. We talk about, yeah, that uh, HBCUs have this something with their schedule that they just – we talk about Alabama State, too, just playing anybody and everybody. So we admire that, and hopefully that they don't obviously don't get their first win against us. We know how good of a home team we've been. We've never played the Braves – uh, ever, but we are five and two all time against their conference, <clears throat> uh, and they play all four of its games a season on the road. Yeah, so including narrow losses against those two. Other than that, they've been killed. Uh, 
And we've won nine. We've won nine straight home non-conference games dating back to Brian's first year. Uh, we are ten and one overall in home non-conference games under Brian. So I like our chances in this overall. I think ESPN. I mean, obviously I do. ESPN has us winning about I think seventy-five percent. We don't have a spread or anything yet. Uh, we're thinking by the, by game time it'll be in the teens, maybe close to twenty. Honestly, if we're being honest, uh, depending upon a lot of stuff. I don't know how they. You know, they say well. They, if they do that deep dive, they'll say, well, Alcorn hasn't won. SIU just played, you know, almost beat Creighton. They're really good at home. I wonder how, like, how much they take into account all that different stuff. Uh, yeah, let's get into their personnel, though. Yeah, they were uh, picked uh, seventh in the SWAC, one of the premier HBCU conferences. Um, so uh, we know, like, Texas Southern has always usually in the tournament out of that conference. But, yeah, looking at their personnel – um, their leading scorer, Troy Maine Crosby, he's averaging 19 a game and 5.4 rebounds. Um, he's shooting uh, 46% from the field. He's only shooting 30 from three. So it uh, be nice to hold him down. Then another guy is Kirk Lee. He's a really good player, averaging 10.3 points a game. They have some spread scoring. They have about uh, six or seven guys averaging almost eight points a game. Yeah, and Byron Joshua averaging 10, I think, well, he's barely six foot. Being a freshman, yeah, I think a lot of these guys, it's just one of those things, they'll be playing like they got nothing to lose, and decent shooters, I'd imagine, and just good athletes, so, um, and they're pretty spread in their minutes as well, they're pretty good with that, all in the 20s, a lot of their main guys in the 20s, so yeah, and they got those two, yeah, three guys around nine, ten points a game, so. Definitely, I don't think anyone we should take lightly at all. And the fact that they have played, because we talked about with us how set up we are for the other teams we play in non-con in the conference, playing Creighton, Gonzaga, or Creighton and Colorado. Maybe that's the case with them, that it set them up playing Gonzaga to set up against teams like us, obviously, who aren't even anywhere near that. But it just sets them up to play better down the stretch and into, you know, the, whatever of their season. So. Uh, I could see one of those instances where they have a run in the game, but I can see us uh, winning pretty big. So what else you got on them before we make picks? I guess I had uh, – they have not updated their stats. This is last year's stats. So they do not have Troy Main anymore. But, yeah, Joshua Byron's their leading scorer. Like you said, they have a couple guys. Uh, and we know a guy. We we tried getting him um, six seven big man, Dontrell McCorders. He was on the transfer portal. We tried to get him. He's averaging six and three. So, uh, yeah, that's it's a good, solid basketball team. They're only scoring 62 a game, so that's right around our pace. Um, they're shooting 29 from three, so be a good, good matchup for us. Yeah, and they have a lot of – just looking at their size here, we mentioned, uh, yeah, Byron Joshua is 5'11", but everyone else is 6'2 or taller. There's a guy 6'8", six, 6'7". Six, Countless six seven guys, so they're a decent sized team. So that'll be something as well. Have to rebound, keep doing our rebounding thing, for sure. So uh, yeah, there's really I don't think anything else to really mention on them. And we like I said, we don't know the over under or the uh, picks, but let's go ahead and give our picks. What you got? Yeah, for dog of the game, um, I think it's a tough one because we've had talk about it coming out this tournament, but uh, I think he's only going to get better. And I got to go with. Uh, Cash Coupette. It's a good one. We mentioned how Cash is one of the few that can match teams athletically, and he's done a good job at that at times. Uh, I like that pick. Uh, I'll go with Marcus. I can see this being a game 
that he knows that he could have done better, I think, in the Paradise Jam. And because we, we read the quotes yesterday that he had, and I think that he could come out and score over 20. So I, I'm going to predict that Marcus going over 20, shooting pretty efficient, and uh, showing, you know, getting back on track from him. So those are our picks. Uh, and we know, like I said, we'll have a short bench again. But we don't know the status of Trent. Maybe he'll warm up Friday, and we'll see. But uh, other than that, yeah, we'll be rolling with the same guys. Interesting, yeah, I hope we have a different start, or the same starting lineup we finished with. So we'll be keeping an eye out for that. Uh, what about uh, the score of the game? Yeah, score of the game. Um, uh, I'm just going to take the averages. We're gonna, um, but uh, they're going to score probably, I'd say we're going to win. Um, we're going to put up 76 to 59. Not bad. Yeah, see, a close, almost 20-point victory. I was thinking in the 70s as well. But I'll go 81 to, uh, let's see, 81 to 60. Uh, what did I say, 81 to 60, so a 21-point victory. So, uh, like I said, I think the, the spread would be uh, in the teens close to maybe around 20, so we'll see. So uh like to get on track with this non-con, keep it going before we play Evansville. Obviously, with uh, Thanksgiving being here, we want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays, and we might come with you because we know football's got a big game on Saturday uh, with our work amping up, so – We'll see if we'll get a pot off that day. If not, we'll come to you uh, early in the next week. But we might see on Saturday because I've been telling about how uh, definite on what days we'll be doing other pods and it never, almost never works out. So not sure. So we'll see you whenever, I guess. Follow our Instagram again, Docs Podcast, if you haven't already. Uh, ready to get back on track on Friday. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. See you soon. Go dogs.